would say look for anything fresh. Look, look for anything new that meets a real need. I think the danger, Roland, is for us to copy and us to compete instead of for us to create. To copy to say, well, this is what all churches are doing right now. We've got to have our whatever, right? Just taking a service live stream doesn't mean we're actually going where the people are. Hey, welcome to the Forge America Missional Podcast. My name is Roland Smith, and I am here social distancing with my buddies, Terry. Is she from Texas? How are you, Terry? I'm good. Good. Alan Bradford out in Tennessee. Yeah, aren't we always social distancing on this podcast? Well, I know, but I'm trying to be politically correct. I'll support, <laughs> you know, support the lawmakers and the health professionals. And uh, so, you know, we used to think we were cool because we use Zoom, and now everyone <laughs> uses Zoom. So we're right. like, you know, that's been taken out of our tool chest of, of cool stuff. So anyway, but it's good to see you guys, and uh, we haven't been face to face for a couple of weeks. So um, how about a quick update? Um, how are you guys doing during all this? I mean, what's been happening over a couple of weeks? Yeah, it's been good. Um, for the most part, I mean, there's definitely ups and downs. And, um, you know, one of the things that I, I think is uh, interesting, especially as this thing lingers on and um, and even when, you know, as things slowly begin to kind of reopen and people reemerge and reengage business and socially, I think the, the mental health uh, ramifications of all of this are going to be significant. And so I've, I've struggled with um, depression my whole life. Um, as a kid, it was something severe and um, did counseling for many, many years and uh, growing up in the boys' home definitely didn't help with some of that. But I'll just be honest, the last handful of weeks have really, really kind of spiked some of that. And so uh, things are great, we're healthy and all of that, but... Uh, just from an emotional uh, standpoint, mental standpoint, it's it, it it's the days are long and a little frustrating. But uh, come, I'm starting to come out of it a little bit, so it's good. Yeah. Well, that's good, man. That's good. Uh, I think for us here in in uh, Knoxville, uh, I mean, one, we're good. Our family's good. Keeping them, my girls going, trying to keep them learning, uh, keep them, you know, their brains activated. Uh, has, has been has been a challenge, you know, like all of us are trying to figure out how to educate our kids, you know, continue that, uh, figure, figure out how that to keep going. Uh, but it's been good. I think what I'm interested in and what you said, Terry, is um, there's one aspect there, the mental health of everybody as we come out of this thing is what is it going to look like? What are the new normals for us? You know, what are the new um uh, social norms as we come out of this thing and you can see it it's already pretty polarizing you know even as we right now what is this this is the end of April that as we record this um, it, people are starting to um, rejoice at the idea of us coming back into opening up the country or however you say it and then there's some people who are just completely balking at the idea who are like no this is we can't do this stuff um, and how do we walk those social norms well, uh, responsibly, um, it, it's, it's going to be interesting, especially as people who are faith leaders and we start thinking about, um, uh, as Hirsch would say, as we start thinking about putting the queen back on the board, 
um, you know, the queen of the church world in uh, the using his chess analogy is the Sunday gathering, right? When we get everybody together, that's the, that's the thing. So as we start to think about putting that piece back on the board, what does it mean for us as um, a faith leader to do that well, to do it responsibly, but also to not just go back to relying on the queen, right. you know, to make sure we remember all the other pieces that we have um, kind of been navigating, you know, as we kind of been entrenched in our neighborhoods, what does that mean for us? What does that mean? And, and what is that going to look like as we think about um, space and geography and neighbors? How do we love our neighbors? Well, all of those things. Yeah. Yeah, that um, that analogy that Alan had was amazing. I mean, I had I'd never heard that, and I don't I don't think uh, Frosty had heard it either. Because when we were on the line with Alan, he started talking about it. I just kind of felt like we were both going, "Wow, you know, that's a whole book." <laughs> you know? um, but to you know, for for everyone that missed it, first you should go back and listen to the Mike Frost and Alan Hirsch uh, interview uh, that's a few episodes back if you haven't. Um, but I guess what he was saying was, um, people that really want to learn how to play chess, take the queen away because the queen can make, you know, any move, any direction, any number of spaces. And so that's the most powerful, most, uh, you, you know, that's the piece that can kind of clear the board for you. And so people rely on the queen. If you take the queen away, then you have to learn what all the other pieces do. And so Alan was suggesting that you know, the church service is, has been forced off the board. And so we as church leaders are learning, well, I wonder what all these other pieces do <laughs> you know, that are part of the ecclesia. And some, some of them we've never used, right? I mean, it's like some people have played chess. It's like, man, I've, I never use my knights, but looky here, they, they do a whole lot. So, um, yeah, that's a great analogy. It's, uh, it's a, it'll be a good topic uh, today for this podcast as well, because uh, we have Alan Briggs um, in an interview. And Alan's, he's got a couple of wheelhouses that he walks in really, really well. And one is just missional living. I mean, he, this guy, he is the presence on his street and his neighborhood. He's written a book called Staying is the New Going, which was um, really impactful for me. Uh, one of my favorite books over the last five years. And, um, and then he also does leadership coaching with a lot of church leaders and pastors. And he's going to talk about what it looks like to be tired and uh, emotionally kind of worn out and frazzled, you know, during this period and some healthy rhythms and things like that. And it was a really, really good talk. Um, and we did it right before the six foot, rule came into place. So we actually, he lives here in Colorado Springs. So we actually sat at um, um, a community bar table we have here and drank Corona's while we talked, you know, just, just despite the <laughs> virus. So not making nice. light of the virus. Cause I mean, it's a, it's an awful thing, but um, anyway, so it was a really, really good interview. Yeah. I think for us, um, you know, we've, most people that have listened to this podcast know we have a coffee shop and that's probably one of the most emotionally draining parts of this is just because, um, you know, when your sales drop anywhere from 60 to 90%, you got employees that you can't pay and put them on the clock and that kind of stuff. Um, 
you know, it's just, it's taxing. It's a little emotionally taxing. So we've, uh, we did get a local grant, which was really cool. Um, from a group called survive and thrive. And they they picked out 25 businesses to, uh, to kind of help through this and got a, got a really cool mentor out of that. And so I've met a, a retired CEO who, um, was really good with marketing and, um, you know, growing businesses and stuff like that. So that, that part has been a huge win. And then as we speak, Congress again, uh, approve the PPP funding. So we'll see if we make it through the door on that and then I can get my, my peeps back to work. So, and then for church, I think, you know, we've just been doing the online thing. Um, but, um, our lead pastor and I are getting together this next week and start, we're going to start talking about what does it look like to be a distributed church, um, which goes into what you're saying is like there's this polarization of, oh, good, we get to go back to church. But then there's going to be all these people that are like, well, we, I don't, I'm fearful to go back to church or um, I'm like hanging out with my neighbors Sunday, Sunday mornings or um, I don't know if I'm quite ready to go back. Um, we should listen to health professionals and do it to the end of summer. So I think we're going to have these camps of we want to gather and then we want to stay at home. And so uh, for us, I think a distributed church is going to look like um, how do we help people be incarnational in their neighborhood? Maybe they start inviting some families geographically over to watch the content and then have lunch together, you know, have a meal together or something like that. So, um, you know, Roland and Alan, I'm, I'm curious. I'd, lo I'd love to uh, ground this conversation a bit just because, you know, when this comes out, it's, it's going to be mid May. Yeah. Uh, the governor of Texas just uh, yesterday had a meeting with 700 pastors from across the state here in Texas, um, kind of <clears throat> talking through his plan. And one of the things that they're talking about reopening um, the church. And so that was, that was kind of a big call with a lot of pastors and talking through that. And so the month of May is the anticipated time of the beginning of kind of the reopening. And so, um, you know, smaller churches first uh, and, you know, smaller groups, 20, 50, then bigger. And it's just slowly going to open up wider and wider. In a conversation that I know me and Bradford we, that we've been having over the last month or so is the opportunity that we're kind of at right now. What does it look like to operate differently going forward? So this idea of a distributed church, like what if there if there's a pastor listening right now that's like you know what I, I want to take advantage of this situation that as we begin to regather. Are there some, are there one, two, or three things that I can do right now to make a big step forward into creating, um, you know, taking an existing church, you're still going to do Sunday and do it well, but really create spaces where you have these smaller churches uh, inside the context of the larger church. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, that that's exactly what I'm talking about. So, yeah. Um, and, and I've got this group, um, for this 
missional network we're launching called, you know, that's called Pando and this leadership team. And we've been zooming about that very thing. It's, and the question we've been asking is, you know, so what, what do people need or how can they be supported if they want to meet in a house or meet in a coffee shop or meet whatever in these smaller groups that are able to meet. And so um, I know, you know, we can, we can get caught kind of bashing content sometimes. Um, But I think what we're, you know, what we're trying to say is that um, if you rely on content, if content is king over relationship, then, um, then you're going about it all the wrong way. But content's not bad because I think the average person in a neighborhood might say, well, yeah, I do a house gathering for, for our church, you know, and have 10 people over, but I don't know how to do it. And so to be able to deliver some kind of content is where we've landed. So I think the live stream thing, my guess is when we're able to gather as a hundred, I mean, our church is a thousand. So when we're able to gather as a hundred, we'll probably do two services of a hundred each. And then we'll still live stream content out there. And we're probably going to lean into, um, our community and say, okay, who, who would host a house church gathering or a watch party or whatever you want to call it and, and curate a meal, you know, afterwards. And then we send out a little sheet of paper that says, this is exactly how you do it. Gather together, you know, pray together, take prayer requests, log on to YouTube, watch the content. Um, and then everybody have lunch and talk about it or something like that. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah. And in Pando, I think we're going to try to see if there are house churches that want to launch, missional things that want to launch. And I think content is the thing there also, um, or how to do it. Um, so I don't know. What do you think, Alan? You guys you guys have a church gathering. Have you thought through that? Yeah, we, we have been. Um, but let me, so like if I were, if there were a pastor say, how, how do I take advantage of this time? Uh, I think it's a great time to sit down and wrestle with uh, what is your concept and idea of ecclesia, so how you gather. So really just don't, don't just take all the assumptions you've always had, you've always grown up with, you've always, you know, whatever, but sit down and, and think through, okay, what is, what is church? What is the ecclesia? And uh, something we talk a lot about in Forge is uh, it's almost this equation we use, and it's CME. So uh, the idea that C uh, your Christology should lead to M, which is your missiology. So what you understand about Jesus, Christology, needs to inform your missiology and let that inform your ecclesiology. So I think with um, with pastors, I would work through that. And I would say, based on your understanding of Jesus, what is your mission? And then how are you going to gather people? And because of that, I think we, pastors have to be great at exegeting culture. And saying, what is it that's going on right now culturally? So, Roland, you've already started to declare some of the camps. I would say one of the big camps that we have now that people are kind of overlooking um, ends up being sort of a generational divide. So, what I'm noticing, you guys correct me if I'm wrong, is there are 
um, a generation of people who are like, I can't wait to get back to the gathering. Typically, it's an older generation. Like, I need to get back to my Sunday gathering with my people, the body of Christ. I want everybody back together. I'm seeing a lot of um, younger generations who are saying, actually, I'm good. Like, I don't miss it. I miss my people, but I don't miss the gathering. Um, I, I, I still love Jesus. I still love to worship. I want to study. I would do those things. But as far as the large gathering goes, I'm not that interested. I actually yeah. may not go back. And right. so exiting your culture is going to say, okay, like what you said, Roland, what do people need, right? Where, where, where are you going to meet people at? And are you willing to say, I'm, I'm going to make my ecclesia flexible enough to go to them? So, or is it the only ecclesia I'm going to do is this, for example, put the queen back on the board and the queen is the only thing we've yeah. got. Is your ecclesia flexible enough based on how you understand Jesus, what you feel like your mission is, to go, you know what? If an ecclesia needs to be house churches, uh, small group, whatever it is, yeah. I'm flexible enough to do that. And I actually think that the body of Christ, the people, um, pastors, you put people in a room, I think they're creative enough to figure it out if they can unanchor the conversation and say, it's not just all about the Sunday gathering. But if I had to just go back through and say, hey, I got this group of people that are geographically close to me that would love to meet at my house. Like you said, Roland, they don't have the content. We, we can figure something out. We'll get it. We'll sure. work it out. But let's get some people together and work through what ecclesia is, you know, work through what church is. You know, it's the body gathering. It's if you want to say the sacraments, it's, it's you know, uh, what is the thing that Halter comes back to? Um, was it worship? Uh, no, communion, uh, community, community, and commission. Commission, yeah. yeah, all that. You've got Tampa Underground's, you know, ecclesi- uh, what do they call it? Uh, their um, ecclesial minimums. Yeah, ecclesial minimums. Yeah. yeah. So I think if you if you if you rooted it in that and said, hey, just go figure it out. I think yeah. people are creative enough. If you gave them freedom to do that. I think people are creative enough to do that because it's yeah. taking place all over the world. Well, I don't disagree with you. I just, and I'm not trying to say that like churches should get in the business of creating content. I just think in this space now, because yeah. a lot of people that I meet, I do think they're creative enough to put together what I would call quote unquote church in their house, you know, or whatever. Um, because my definition of what church is or community is, is different than theirs. In other words, they have gone to institution for so long. They've had the queen on the board for so long that uh, when you take the queen away, they think church has been taken away. And, And then if you say, well, hey, just go do a church, I think they are creative enough. I just don't think that they have... Um, they don't. They don't think that they're creative enough, and so there's there's a certain amount of encouragement and training. And hey, this is what it looks like. Here's here's three or four ideas, and then once you run through this rhythm a few times, you'll kind of understand. Oh, okay. Well, this is this is what church is without the queen. You know, this is fine. Yeah, yeah. I think that's really good. Let me pull back an old analogy. See if you guys remember this one. Um, Brian McLaren, a new kind of Christian. Wow. How old is that now? That's probably like 20 years old, maybe. Yeah. Um, he talked about, um, in that book, he talked about, um, the analogy of if you're making an omelet, uh, if you're making an omelet, uh, you've got to, at the beginning, you're using a whisk, right? So you've got yeah. this tool, you got a whisk. If you continue to make that omelet with the whisk, you're going to ruin the omelet. Eventually you got to move to a spot 
spatula. You're still making an omelet. You just have to use it to a different tool, right? You got to use a spatula. I think there's something about, um, we live in a, a space where we have people who need the whisk and we have people who need the spatula. And how are we going to meet those people where they're at? How are we going to say, hey, you've got people, like, like I said, they want the gathering. You know, that's just what they're used to. That's how they found Jesus. That's how they still find Jesus. They want the large gatherings. That's awesome. This is great. Let, let's continue to do it. I, I'm not, in no way am I bashing the gathering. But I still feel like there's this, there's this desire of people who say, um, I, I want to get past all the big show stuff. You know, and I love it when it's my community on mission and, and we're figuring out what it means to love Jesus in my neighborhood. And so like, how do we do that for them as well? Yeah, that's yeah. really good. And it's funny you use that uh, analogy because um, it, it does, it does really explain well the, the methodology. And that's what, that's one thing I love about Roland and his, his heart and his outlook on the church is um, both are valid. Both, both things that you guys are talking about are both valid and they're both sorely needed. And uh, the making the omelet thing is, is really funny because uh, if there are, if we do happen to have any like real chefs who listen to this podcast, reach out to a brother. I love talking to chefs, but <laughs> one of the things that they, they talk about is uh, you don't use a rubber spatula when you make an omelet and like a, a real chef will really a fork. Yes. From scrambling to cooking the omelet, you can only use a fork. <laughs> and, and there's, and, but, it, but it's a thing that it's saying there is one way to do this. And like Wolfgang Puck, uh, he's, he's adamant about it. Like if you, if you go to one of his <laughs> restaurants and you take a, you do an interview, it's always the omelet is the first, first step of the interview. And uh, you, you make an omelet. And one of the things he says is you can only use a fork. A pan and fork. That's all you can use. Man. So this is more than a missional podcast. It's a cooking show. That's right. (laughs) All right, look here, Ishi. Every metaphor breaks down, okay? (laughs) No, no, no. Well, no, no. I think 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 it it holds because there are a lot of churches that say you can only use a fork. And you can only – these are the only acceptable instruments. But that means only master chefs can make omelets. But we don't want only master chefs making omelets. We want everyone to be able to make an omelet. And if that means using a rubber spatula to get it done, that's okay too. And yeah. so uh, I think it totally plays to what we're yeah. talking about. Is that, there? yes, there's some cats out there. Just give them a fork. They'll get the omelet made. But you know what? Let's, let's, rubber spatulas are useful tools. That's a viable option. Let's use those as well. All right, yeah. did you just say there are some cats out there? Yeah. Because all of a sudden, Carol Basket just flashed <laughs> into my head, and I am not liking you right now. So, man, well, cool, we can talk about cool cats. Yeah. <laughs> cool cats and kittens, yeah. No, no, yeah, we're, we're done now. We're done. Yeah, a lot of people are wondering, what was that? Um, yeah, well, that's good. That's good. That's good stuff. Yeah, I, you know, there's, I, I think there's a lot of opportunity uh, coming up. Um, it, you know, it's hard to feel that right now. Cause I think just like you guys were talking about, especially you, Terry, it's just, you know, and I'm feeling it too. I mean, there's a lot of people are right now are kind of depressed and tired and, um, you know, you would think that a month long vacation would be great, 
but it's like really hard. It's like, you know, I'm used to like going and blowing and producing things and, and hugging people and touching people and talking to them. And it just, it feels, uh, yeah, really, really strange. Although I am getting a patio built in my back. uh, So that's kind of, I'll give you an example. Uh, I had a conversation with my wife yesterday and my wife is the introvert's introvert, right? Like she is like so introverted. She needs her alone time, all this stuff. She's broken. She's like, I need to see some other people. She's, (laughs) we're actually planning a vacation. Like we're like, if there's, if the country opens up and it's possible, we've got to meet up with the issues somewhere halfway in between Austin and Knoxville, just so I can see some other people be outside of these walls. I'm like, Oh my goodness, this pandemic just broke the introverts. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, the extroverts are having a hard time. Well, and it's bad when you say, when you're in your house and you're like, oh, I just need a hug. And it's like, well, honey, I'll hug you. No, I need to hug someone else. You know? <laughs> <Right>. it's like, <laughs> well, you know, one of, one of our rhythms in our family is my wife's a teacher. I've got a, I've got a teenager, so she's in school. And so summer vacation hits, I work from home. So summers, we're always, this, this feels like summer to us. Uh, and the beginning of summer, it's always the begin. It's always the same. It's like, oh my gosh, this is so refreshing. It's awesome. This is exciting. And then by the time August hits, it's like, these people need to leave this house. <laughs> like I, I, need, I need you back in school. Yeah. And the thing that hit me just a couple of days ago, it's like, it's like this started in March. Like, it, it, this is not a two month summer vacation. This is going to be like a five month roll down that I don't know if we'll be able to make it. But we'll see. There may be boarding school involved when this yeah. thing all opens up. Yeah. No kidding. I want to get in on this, this Bradford issue vacation, annual vacation thing. It looks like it, you know, it's like a cruise kind of thing, you know, yeah, it's like you should, mar- of- you should market it, you know, the Bradford yep. issue cruise and, like, Play a lot of games, eat a lot of good food, man. That's yeah, it. yeah, that's awesome. Actually, I thought of you the other day, Terry. This is totally off topic, but um, you live in Austin, which when I think of Austin, I think of um, I think of really good like meat, you know, barbecue yeah. and that kind of stuff, and I think food trucks. Mm-hmm. And I met someone the other day, actually, that um, was from Austin that's vegan. And I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, I told him, uh, well, I didn't think that those existed in Austin. <laughs> Maybe you know, it's like, and then called food trucks roaches. Yeah. Have you heard that? Yeah. Roach coach. And so, well, or he just said, he just said, yeah, the roaches are really, the roaches are really good. And I was like, what? <laughs> you know? yeah. and it's like, yeah, well, those are the food trucks. Yeah. It's funny. Austin ha- does have a weird uh, kind of, I don't know, dichotomy or something, but it, it is weird because being known for central Texas, you know, post Oak type brisket and meat and all that. Yeah. We have a ton of vegans and vegetarians here, which is, yeah. it's cool. It's, you well, know, it's fine. Whole, it's, whole foods as well. So it's, it's fine. I just didn't put ever put those two together, yeah. you know, maybe because you're the, uh, you know, you're the main Austonian I know. So there you go. anyway, well, Hey, this is a good, probably a good place to get into our interview. Um, you know, just talking through place and contact, context and neighborhoods and maybe what's coming up. And then also just leaders and people being tired and, um, you know, dealing with this thing and their souls and 
um, and, and pastors, you know, pastors that are listening to this are probably wondering like, where do we go from here and uh, what are we going to do? And Alan's got some really good um, things to say to that. So why don't we jump on this uh, interview with um, Alan Briggs and, um, and then we'll come back and sign off. Well, hey, uh, we're here with Alan Briggs sitting in my coffee shop, right? Third Space Coffee. It's good my to have you, bro. My favorite place to do yeah. interviews. That, in that is awesome. Um, Alan's a really good friend. We've known each other for a long time. And uh, as I said in the intros, he's the lead creative at um, Stay Forth Designs and does a lot of different things. We're going we're gonna to talk about several different things uh, today. And this is really a great conversation to have at this particular time because he has some experience and um, a knowledge base around a couple of areas that we want to talk about. One, being uh, missional and incarnational in your neighborhood. And then two, we're going to talk about some leadership uh, stuff, which he is a great leadership coach. Uh, has written about that and currently coaches uh, leaders and all of that. And so, um, but Alan, I, I really appreciate you taking time to do that. I think for podcast listeners, they should know that in the midst of the coronavirus uh, right now, we are sitting here with two Coronas um, as um, kind of our way of saying no. Fight Corona, corona. Fight with Corona. corona. With Corona, right? right? Okay, so, well, hey, you wrote a book that um, that really impacted me. I even tagged it in my book, a book called Staying is the New Going, and this idea around um, neighborhoods, um, getting to know your neighbors, being incarnational and present, uh, the way we say it at four, just kind of being a display and a taste of the kingdom. Uh, to different people and one of the things that you say in there that I really like is you talk about uh, to look at the landscape of your neighborhood and and look for the cracks in the pavement like what are the gaps what are the voids what are the the places that need to be filled um, with the presence of a Jesus person right Um, so in the midst of this crisis right now that we're in where we can't uh, get close to neighbors, as close to neighbors as we were. I mean, what are your thoughts around incarnational presence? What are, what's your family doing? Uh, what are some stories that you're you're hearing? Yeah, I mean, it's first of all, it's kind of the ultimate irony, right? Yeah, of right. staying as a new going. Um, in many places, I'm talking to leaders over the last couple of days, literally cannot leave their homes and are saying, what does church look like when we can't have physical contact? What does a foretaste of the kingdom look like when we can't even corona bump? You right, know, literally right. cannot leave our home. Um, and so what's interesting, Roland, is this was actually birthed out of the emotion of loneliness. That was the crack in my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. That front porches were full when people moved into the neighborhood mm-hmm. and kind of moved for a new suburbia. It's a 60s neighborhood, so it's not super old and cool like downtown in most places. Uh, it's not new and suburban. It just kind of is. And so it's that in-between. Um, but people moved for this new idea of community, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in the, kind of the 50s and thought, oh, new suburbia. The 60s, man, these houses really had it going on. Right. And people right. moved in, a lot of them original owners, but it have grown apart over the years. And so uh, we literally just lost a neighbor this past week. Mm-hmm. Um, Dawn, who's in her 90s, I did a funeral earlier this year of somebody who had attended church, hadn't been in a while, and saw me as their 
maybe chaplain at least, if not pastor, shepherd sure. in the neighborhood. And so um, loneliness has been the number one thing that we've literally attacked with coffee, and mediocre coffee. I wish they would right. let us serve you guys coffee. We need to work the, on that. Some yeah. of the finer <laughs> coffees in the city, they don't like the good stuff, you know? Yeah. But even that says my preference of good coffee, I'll lay it down mm -hmm. if they just want to drink mediocre coffee. And so um, we really started with this idea that the crack of brokenness was loneliness, um, was isolation. And we say that loneliness is a feeling, but isolation is a way of life. I mean, it's mm. a decision we make to isolate. And the irony of this moment is the government is mandating in many places and, and more so probably with time that we literally need to isolate. And I see us going back to old school stuff. Mm. I see um, even some churches saying, what if we just call people to make sure everybody's all right? Like, what about a good old fashioned phone tree? Yeah. And so what I love about these moments, I mean, Forge lives in the wilderness, the wilderness of church, the wilderness of navigating, how are we doing life and mission and kingdom work right now? And um, if anybody thought business as usual was on for the church, it's done now. I mean, COVID yeah. has taken that away. It yeah. has taken away things that we thought were normal, um, business as usual, um, we'll see you next Sunday, done. Who knows when, the, when that starts? So you and I get excited about things like that. We know mm. there's some grieving, some hard realities. I've been you know, coaching leaders through that the last few days, but I wanna zoom out and see what is six weeks from now? What is six months from now? What is six years from now? And I think that's exciting. Um, personally, what are we doing right now? Well, it changes by the day. By the time this comes mm -hmm. out, maybe we'll have been forced in some different ways. I do know that school, our neighborhood really revolves around the school. And so many of the people that we have been um, called to, I mean, we really sense that strong of a word, are overwhelmed parents. Mm -hmm. So parents are more overwhelmed right now. Um, how do we bring parents to realize their kids are not just a nuisance? Um, public schooling is not just daycare right. uh, for kids. And so I think that's the challenge right now. Um, I think dads have opportunity. We have opportunity to sit around the table with our mm -hmm. own families. And so mm -hmm. I just sense even in my heart and in our family, how busy, busy, busy we get and what an obstacle that is to mission. So if we're not getting with our own people, i.e. our families, our friends, our roommates, mm -hmm. around tables, um, then I don't know what space we have to invite the outsider into that. Yeah. If I cannot even take an hour, an hour and a half for a long dinner with my own family. So that's been refreshing right now. Mm -hmm. um, I think just checking in on our neighbors and just saying, hey, hey how are you doing right now? Some of them are over 80 and so we're nervous that we'll accidentally pass something to them. Yeah. So it's just a strange yeah. place to be yeah. because they don't want to hug. Loving them is actually not touching them it's and it's calling loving. over the fence. Yeah, and I, I mean, I just, uh, we just had a, we've got a book club going on, a Life, Life Out Loud book club, and uh, I was just on with them last night and the tension was, um, two or three of them were saying, I want to reach out and like touch my neighbor and hug them. I want to go over and knock on the door, but uh, so they're not they're not fearful, right, of coronavirus, but they also want to be seen as loving uh, to sensitive. people and sensitive yeah. to maybe that their that their neighbors are having a struggle. And so it's it's kind of a weird time. One one great story we uh, we live right around the the corner from, ironically, Corona Street, and we're really good friends with uh, another couple down on Corona Street. So they include us in what's called the the Corona Street Gang. And so they put out a Facebook post yesterday. It's like at 7, 7 p.m. we're all gonna meet down in front of the Andrews house. And so uh, my daughter and I walked down there and 
so they have a car pulled out in the middle of the street with the hazard lights on, all four doors open. They start pumping some funk music and people started coming out of their houses and just dancing in the, the front yard, you know, and I was sitting here taking um, video of this thing and then the song's over and everyone's just cheering, you know, <laughs> and it's just, um, that would not have happened without crisis, which mm. is really interesting, you yep. know? And so um, neighborhood presence was birthed really out of tragedy, you yep. know? We're, we're not for the tragedy, we're not for the coronavirus, we're not for sickness, we're not for churches that are having uh, struggles or tension not meeting, but on the other hand, there's an innovation and a birthing yep. that can happen out Always. of that. Always. Right. Two things, limitation always breeds innovation. Mm and our limits have just gone way up. We are literally not permitted to meet as we were before. Mm -hmm. So how are we gonna do that differently? The same is true in this coffee shop we sit in. You guys have had to adapt and adjust mm -hmm. how we do that. Um, and also the church does its finest work with its back against the wall. Yeah. And when we have too much social privilege, it does not work out well. Mm -hmm. And the opposite now of saying, man, we better figure out how we can love people I'm actually really proud of the stories that I'm hearing right now of the church being the church in ways to go, oh, that's not an option anymore. And also, I'm, I don't see us arguing about things. We just don't have space or time to. Mm -hmm. there's, there's not argument going on. If there is, that's just garbage. We need to move yeah. the other way yeah. from it. But nobody's having theological arguments right now. We're going, all right, based on the limits we have, how do we love the people closest to us? And it's honestly been really beautiful to watch. Um, kind of the shakeup that's happening. Yeah. Um, I think too, it's redefining um, who are our neighbors. What does that look like digitally? Mm -hmm. um, there are people who are looking for hope on feeds. I'm just amazed at the people yeah. um, saying, would you pray for me? Not yeah. people that I would have thought would reach out to me mm -hmm. uh, and say that. And um, people who are you know, feeling scared, people who are feeling quarantined, people who honestly just want some hope right now. Yeah. Um, so honestly, it's, it's been fun to watch and kind of see how it shakes out. And um, I have this crazy idea, you probably do too, that when the kingdom uh, seems furthest away, when there seems like the most fear, that's the time when we shine. So yeah. it's been really fun, been really proud of uh, kingdom leaders, uh, churches, business leaders like yourself, that instead mm -hmm. of complaining about how we're taking a hit financially, have said, we're actually gonna be good news to our community, mm -hmm. um, as far as we're limited and yeah, allowed yeah, to do so. Yeah, yeah, and there's a lot of different ways to do that. And people have been good news to us as a business as mm -hmm. well. So we're, I mean, as as a business in the community, I mean, we're, we're trying to push out and be that, uh, even to other businesses and supporting them. And then we've just been overwhelmed with the love that, you know, people that, that usually come to Third Space and it is their Third Space, mm -hmm. um, you know, they're coming out of the woodworks to just buy gift cards and they don't even want the gift cards. It's mm -hmm. just kind of a way to donate, you know, awesome. and things like that. So we've got, um, we've got tons of great stories like that. So you're also, I mean, you've been a pastor for years. You've worked in church institutional type contexts and uh, you've planted multi-sites and things like that. Um, just to get get a little bit um, in the prophetic institutional mode, because we do have um, you know a lot of church leaders and things like that listening uh, to this podcast. What 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 are your thoughts on the other side of this? Because 
um, you know, the basically the gathered church has been forced to become what it started as, which was the scattered church, right? Mm -hmm. And it's we're not against gatherings, obviously, um, but it's almost like we weren't prepared for uh, the missional side of the equation or the scattered side of the equation, which maybe we should have had in our toolbox all along, right? Uh, a little critique on myself too. Um, so what, where does the church uh, look for opportunities during this? Um, what kind of things do you think could, uh, could maybe birth out of this from the institutional side? Mm. Um, Mike Frost said uh, in a podcast actually that we had earlier uh, that this it's almost like manure is being put on the ground and you know hoed under and stuff and what's going to happen is that new new things sprout mm -hmm. um, any thoughts kind of yeah. on what the church should be looking for and, and to speak to leaders you know what what kind of things can we be doing to to have our our antenna up for for good things for the future yeah first the principle is people don't change until they feel like they have to or they really, really want to. True change doesn't happen. So we realize we have to change. So I actually think that this urgency right now forces us to change. So the, you know the old adage, people don't change till the pain of staying the same is greater than the pain of change. Mm -hmm. And so um, this pushes us over the edge. I would say look for anything fresh. Look, look for anything new that meets a real need. I think the danger, Roland, is for us to copy and us to compete instead of for us to create. To copy, to say, well, this is what all churches are doing right now. We've got to have our whatever, right? Just taking a service live stream doesn't mean we're actually going where the people are. Mm -hmm. It could just be, well, we've got to take it somewhere. We've got to take it out of the building. But and, we, and we had to react that way. Of course. Immediately. And, and you of know, course. so there's no critique against that because that's, that's what good, we know how to do. And that's good, but that's a baseline, yeah. right? right? That's, that's right. not enough um, that that might be winsome. It, is that responsible? It, is that a good reaction? Yes. So I'm looking for anything fresh right now mm -hmm. that says, what are the cracks that we have not been able to meet or push through and I just think this strange mix between incredibly incarnational stuff incredibly proximate I mean literally yelling over to your next-door neighbor how you doing is there anything mm -hmm. we can get you I'm hearing about churches that are doing grocery runs and they're walking around again phone trees someone seems old or missing from congregations call them first and just yeah. make sure they're doing okay I love that right mm -hmm. but what about fresh new ideas of, it seems like we're not tending to this group of people. It seems like um, there's, there's a crack of loneliness right here amongst these people. Um, student ministries, um, asking for students to come and pray for other students over Zoom. Yeah. Um, the new cre creativity, innovation, people who I didn't know played or wrote songs now, bringing them to the social media space again. Mm -hmm. um, I'm loving that. Just watching that and just cheering people on to say, there's gifts latent that we just, that haven't felt welcomed in the body. That are, for whatever reason, feel welcome with a phone in front of them on social media. So um, I don't know what all those things are gonna be. Yeah, I don't sure. even wanna limit what those are going to be. I just know that it feels like there's a lot of freshness right now that we'll be tempted to kill in four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks. Um, that I think this stuff is here to stay, that fertilizer idea. Um, so I'd pay attention to anything fresh, anything new. Um, I'm seeing some comments online that it seems like there's just a great fear and urgency for people to receive prayer. Mm -hmm. I know for us, Roland, it was powerful the other day. We were tempted to just kind of have a church service at home. 
-hmm. And I remember thinking, my wife and I are feeling fear as much as our kids are, probably more. We're, we stand to lose more than our kids do right now. Right. And so we actually just kind of opened ourselves up for my kids to lay hands on us and pray for us. Mm -hmm. And that was powerful. I mean, almost tearing up talking about it yeah. because I'm tempted to want to feed my kids there. Sure. But actually the best thing I need to is to be ministered to by my family. Mm -hmm. uh, I need slow meals. I need to slow down. I've been going too busy, too hard, more than my kids need to. Yeah. Um, so I actually think this is resetting me. This could quote unquote reset the religious, <laughs> me yeah. guilty and included, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, more than those with childlike faith, more than those who are more willing to slow down than I am myself. So I actually feel like God's kicking my butt mm -hmm. in the meantime and teaching me. And I'm paying attention to stuff online to go, I know. I'm being led right now. It's you know, one of, the, one of the ironies that I've been talking about, and part of this is because uh, at Pulpit Rock Church, the, the church context that I have a staff position at, we've been going through the book of Mark. And it was just a few weeks ago, we got to the section where Jesus you know, gets to the top of the hill and is overlooking Jerusalem and crying, you know, and, and scholars will tell you all of the gospels at that point start to slow down mm -hmm. all the way to the end. And it's, you know, it's like, you know, 30% of the gospels are the last week of Jesus. And so everything just starts lengthening and it's mm -hmm. Lenten, it's yep. lengthened, right? Yep. It's ironic that that's happening in Easter is a couple of weeks away right yep. now, yep. you know? And it's just, yep. um, it's like society, culture, church, everything is actually experiencing Lent, you and, know, whether we want it or not. And chose, ironically, everyone's saying, joking, yeah. but saying, oh, Easter's canceled. Yeah. And so, so interesting to think that something that is so ancient Mm -hmm. Something that's so celebratory in our faith, we could go, ooh, because we can't physically gather and touch each other during that gathering, um, like that would take the celebration away. Yeah. So how are we even gonna celebrate that great event? Well, we're gonna be around tables, I can tell you that much. We're yeah. not gonna stop eating yeah. food. We're not gonna slowly celebrate. So I wonder if God's crushing some of our busyness right now. Yeah. Um, I wonder if, and there's so much coming out on hurry right now, on anxiety. Mm -hmm. I wonder if this is the thing we would never ask for but in the midst of this, I'm paying attention to some stuff I didn't before. Yeah, that's really good. Well, hey, so so let's just take that and let's let's shift over into second or third or whatever, uh, because another another place that um, that you focus is on leadership development, rhythms, tools, um, how you can help coach and make people better leaders and disciple makers of others. Um, and that's what, that's a lot of what Stay Forth does, is coaching, um, Enneagram training, all these things that kind of bring this awareness Helping to- Helping leaders to, become yeah. who God designed them to be, not yeah. comparing to so somebody just, else. So just talk about, um, you know, and I'm not trying to push you into a marketing pitch, although I would, I would highly recommend you contact Alan, but so I'm not, you know, pushing you into that, but just talk about, some of the things you think are important for leaders right now, like what, you know, what's a good book people should be reading? What's a, what's a tool people should be mm -hmm. using? Um, you know, in this time where there's a lot of tension and crisis, mm -hmm. pastors are grieving over yeah. what they're supposed to do. So where, yeah. where do we go with that? Man, so many, so many directions. Um, first of all, I think let's look ahead a month and two months. We're gonna see a lot of burnout on the other side of this if we don't take care of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so many times I wonder, 
if the perfect opportunity for Sabbath is actually the time we think we can't afford it. Mm. So how many leaders will have their eyeballs glued on screens, which is a recipe for burnout, by the way, just being reactive to the next decree or mandate or mm. you know, governor this or you know, president this, which we need to pay attention to, but let's face it, you're gonna hear about it yeah. um, if, if that goes down. What if we could actually pause in Sabbath right now? So I, sh- I actually think the number one tool is one of the few silver bullets I see in scripture. Number one, make disciples. There's a silver bullet. Number two is Sabbath mm. to say, we can't afford not to practice Sabbath right now. And so I'm really old school on that is to mm-hmm. say like, there's actually a day that we rest and that we are refreshed, that we do not produce, we cease striving, as Eugene Peterson put it, mm-hmm. and we get to take in the goodness of God. If we can't afford to do it, quote unquote, right now, then we're not gonna be able to afford to do it in six weeks or six months. So that to me is the silver bullet in this time is mm-hmm. to say, how do we slow down and be refreshed, get our eyeballs out of the screens um, and, and stop trying to control the things we can't control and just let God control the rest. So I, I think number one, that um, number two, uh, personal health. What does that look like for you? Um, I know that we need to lead through this, but I just think trying to control things we cannot will bring us a massive amount of anxiety. That anxiety, that overwhelm is gonna bubble up, is gonna become incredibly unhealthy on the other side of this. So how do we take care of ourselves so we can lead for the long haul? And so we literally are in the business at Stay Forth. Um, I tried to get into another business, but here we are. <laughs> We're in the business of helping leaders avoid burnout. Yeah. Not just so you can avoid it, but so that you can lead wholehearted. How are we going to lead as missional agents of the king if we're not wholehearted? Literally walking around half-hearted. We're walking around waiting for it to get back to business as usual, which wasn't even that great to begin with, right? Yeah. And so I actually, um, when, it, when it comes down to coaching, Roland, so many of the questions we're just asking is, what are you uniquely designed to do? Mm-hmm. And unique design is about form and function. It's beautiful, but it works as well. And so I think this could be the time to ask those questions. What am I uniquely designed to do? What kind of church, ministry, team, family am I uniquely designed to lead? Um, Because I think a lot of times we're leading out of comparison. And we're leading out of, well, this is how the church is supposed to respond. Mm -hmm. This is what we're supposed to do. This is what missional is supposed to look like. This is what incarnational looks like. Well, that's a cool idea, but you're not in New York City. Mm -hmm. That's a cool idea. You're not in Des Moines. Mm -hmm. Um, And so what are we uniquely designed to do? in this community we've been uniquely placed in. That's what I'm after and that's what I'm interested in. And that's what feels authentic, you know? Otherwise it just yeah. feels weird. Like right. we've transplanted something that was incredibly native there and we're trying to plant a palm tree in the middle of Minnesota. Mm-hmm. It's just weird. Yeah. It doesn't work there. Well, um, don't you think a lot of that has to do with metrics? So the, the things that we're trying to measure sometimes 100%. as church leaders are, you know, you know, being the next Bethel or the next Hillsong we'll or whatever. Get celebrated, gets and done. And it's like, I mean, you know, celebrate whatever that church is doing, but maybe that's not at all what is supposed to happen in your context. And I mean, we we pound the table on that at Forge. Is uh, big is not better necessarily, and, and uh, church is not a business. You know, it's a it's an incarnational you know lifestyle and rhythm in in your in your context. Yep. Um, so. Do you, do you think that this is also a time, and I've had this thought of, um, you know, as pastors, a lot of times, especially if, if, you know, if some guy or gal is a pastor of a church of, let's say, 300, mm-hmm. it's just as 
it's harder to do that sometimes than it is to have a team mm -hmm. pastoring a thousand because yep. you're you're spreading out yep. more of the leadership. You, if you have a church of 300, you can't really afford that staff. And so you're doing a lot more of the work yourself, or you're a church planter, and so you're 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 doing almost everything yeah. um, yourself. And so in a time like this, I wonder if some leaders are not feeling busier, yeah, because they feel like okay, now I don't get the connection point on Sunday morning, mm -hmm. so I've got to do the phone tree myself, or mm -hmm. I've got to do, you know, the, I've got to figure out how to do the the podcast or the live stream or the you know the Facebook live myself. Um, you know, speak a little bit to maybe leaning into flattening the leadership structure mm -hmm. and um, and letting go yep. of of the responsibility that everything's got to be yeah. like you think the, it should. You know, totally. This yeah. is such a good conversation right now. Two things: um, you've got to ask why. Why do we need it that professional? Mm -hmm. And and really, is good enough good enough? I think sometimes we are doing the level of excellence, professionalism, whatever we use, um, only to satisfy ourselves. Another way to say it, nobody cares. Yeah. And so that's what we found in our neighborhoods. I thought we are going to do V60 pour overs of the best coffee in our city, because yeah. that's how much I love my neighbors. Guess what? They want My filters. neighbors, what <laughs> best they can do is Dunkin' Donuts. Oh, but yeah. you know what? That was me out of insecurity, wanting to take an Instagram picture, yeah. or wanting my coffee friends, yeah. like yourself, for me to know, yes, yeah, we you, serve the best coffee in our yeah. city. They don't care. So why? The reality is, I want to do that out of insecurity for me. Yeah. So our excellence levels right now, I think can go mm -hmm. completely down to a phone, and hey, is there any way we can serve you right now? And hey, I had a thought here. Hey, let's take some questions. Hey, can we pray together? I think that's the opportunity people are looking for. It's authentic. Um, the second one would be why do you think you need to do it by yourself? Mm. To me, these are the great flattening opportunities, like you say, where team is invited because can anyone call people and say, hey, we love you, do you need anything? Of course. How do we flatten it down to something that is ecclesiologically possible for everybody? Mm -hmm. And so that to me says, we need to simplify, and I think it's like essentialism right now, yeah. is this kind of church essentialism, is that we need to say, what is truly essential for the church to be the church? Well, there's, there's not a whole lot when it comes yeah. down to it. I mean, one idea I had for, for small and medium churches, uh, because actually a large church in town uh, that's here in Colorado Springs, um, they've already recorded a month of worship and teaching. And then they can fill in with announcements and things mm -hmm. like that as, you know, kind of the crisis unfolds or they can change them or whatever. Mm -hmm. The smart thing about that is that that staff has Sunday off during this whole thing with their family in their neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And any church size could do that, you know, have the worship leader that's part-time in your church of 200, go ahead and record some worship on a mm -hmm. Facebook Live type of thing, um, record a message during the week, you know, and a welcome on Saturday, and string that, find someone that can edit that stuff together and put it online and take Sunday off. Yep. with your family. I mean, yep. it's like you've, you've never had that before. Yep. And so take this time to actually spend it with family, with God, in Sabbath, like you said, breathe. And I think what will happen is these, you know, these new ideas and these new mm -hmm. things will kind of burst. It always does. And I think and it's almost like a working sabbatical in that sense. Yeah. But 
I mean, I'm coach and leader, so I've literally had eight to 10 conversations, something like this. What's the big tension point? Well, should I invest that extra time in my family right now? Or do I sort of owe it back to the church because I'm working for the church in the season? I, I understand the stewardship of that. And I would say your family, <laughs> for yeah. goodness sake, our family, if we are going to make one allowance there, so you're driving less, mm -hmm. so you're taking on less planning for a service, something like that. Yeah. Let's repurpose that into our family. Now we have something to model. Mm -hmm. We have fresh innovation that's going to happen on the other side of this. So again, I think there's opportunity, um, not just trying to spin this. There's yeah. gonna be pain, there's gonna oh, be growth, sure. there's gonna be new realities, of course. Mm -hmm. And you, you can't fully realize the future opportunity until you grieve the loss. Right. So, right. you know, the future and change, that's essentially what I do as a coach, is literally help people lead through the change. But here's some encouragement to you listening. You are a leader and we are not to manage change. You can't. Mm -hmm. We have to lead through change. Yeah. This is about change leadership, not about change management. It's gonna look different for everybody. We could spout ideas uh, all day long here. But mm -hmm. if the Spirit of God is not giving us a freshness, then that idea is just one more counterfeit idea take mm -hmm. from somebody else in another context. Um, I'd love to have an idea session six months from now and say, yeah. what has happened that is fresh that you didn't see coming in the last few months? So I can't wait for that podcast, man. Yeah. Maybe we need to jump back on here, yeah, scour that online. That's gonna be a beautiful thing in about six months. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah, it makes me think, I mean, because you were saying the pain, you know, the pain's gonna happen. It's kind of like, um, you know, when you don't work out for a while, you don't go to the gym for a while, and then you, or golf, that's even better. You don't play golf all winter. You hit the golf course in the summer, and you're in pretty good shape because you go to the gym. But all of a sudden, what happens? You feel muscles that you never, you forgot, you never knew you had. You know, it's like, man, I've got pain in places that I never had. And we're, we're actually having to work muscles that we're not used to working, yeah. you know? And so it's like, it's like the first, first golf game of the season. Yep. You know, it's just and gonna be painful. In that moment, the impulse says, this is wrong. Yeah. This is bad. Yeah. But what's actually wrong and bad is never getting back to the course again, right? Yeah. That means you were out there. Like you yeah. were swinging the club. For me, I'm hacking away. Yeah. But that's exactly where we need to be. And yeah. so if you're out there and, and you're listening to this and you're saying, I think I'd rather not go hack away again, like this is when the church is the church, yeah. is when we get in there and we say, what God, what might God be doing um, mm. to, to break through? Um, so to me, that's the impulse. That's a moment, Roland, where I either run or I say, this is exactly where we need to be. Yeah. We may not even have the right answers. We may not even have the right questions. God, give us the right questions as we sit here in our neighborhood. But I'd always start with pain, just personally. What pain are we feeling? Mm -hmm. um, but what pain, and loneliness, uh, what I say cracks in our neighborhoods, are we feeling when we reemerge uh, from this? Um, there's gonna be some things that will work mm -hmm. that were not sexy enough to work before, that were not exciting enough. I think we're gonna gather over meals again. I think we're gonna have a resurgence of people who just wanna get together. Um, it's just gonna be hitting summer. And in Colorado, that's a big deal. When we hit yeah. May, oh, yeah. we get yeah, excited yeah, yeah. about those warm nights yeah. and go, ah, oh, I can't wait to just sit with my neighbors again yeah. and say, how'd you do? Um, what happened in the midst of that? What fears did you feel? How'd you discover yourself anew? Uh, and I can't wait to sit with leaders and ask the same questions here pretty yeah. soon. That's gonna be great. Well, hey man, I could I could sit here 
you know, for another hour or two and like pop another Corona and, you know, just kind of keep talking. Fighting Corona um, with Corona, I know, baby. I know. Um, well, so tell everyone how they can get hold of you. I mean, I want to I want to do a pitch because I know you won't do it. I want to do a pitch uh, to get online, get on Amazon and just search Alan Briggs. Staying is a new going. Everyone's a genius. Um, you know, your books are out there for sell wherever books can be bought, and uh, they're both really, really great um, reads. But how can people get hold of you um, in the leadership and coaching realm? And I know you've got a podcast going, so, so just kind of give us mm-hmm. all the places we can connect with you. Yeah, yeah, we, um, everything we do is around leaders getting healthy so they can reach more impact. Um, and so kind of jokingly, people say we're the burnout guys, oh, we'll help you avoid burnout. Um, so you can go to stayforth.com. That's S-T-A-Y-F-O-R-T-H.com. Um, and our heart is really, again, not just to go, not to go to that next place, go to that next season and think, oh, this is going to rescue me. The grass is not greener on the other side. It's greener where we water it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we're in the watering business um, mm-hmm. for leaders. And so any leader crazy enough, uh, hungry enough, uh, to want to lean in and grow yeah. uh, and change, we want to work with. And so we will only work with hungry leaders. That has been our commitment. Um, and I think something we can answer the Lord on, Roland, is that I don't know that we've ever had to turn somebody away. We've always mm. been able to figure out um, how we work with a leader that's hungry because that's just a formula for change, period. Yeah. Um, so we only want to work with leaders who want to change, only want to work with leaders who are hungry, and frankly, leaders who are um, changing their paradigms that gets really exciting for us. So that makes its way into a lot of leadership coaching, consulting with churches saying, we wanna make this shift. Often we're working with evolution, not revolution, Mm -hmm. not rip the bandaid off, let's change everything. But what would 10% shifts over a long period of time look like? Man, that gets exciting for me Mm -hmm. because we already have some massive change we're experimenting with right now. And and Forge has, has always been amazing on that. Experimentation, the wilderness, um, what might God be speaking to us in this unique moment? So I think this is a moment for Forge to shine. Love what you're doing. Love what Pulpit is doing. And ultimately, I love um, the fact that God is birthing some new things right now um, that we'll look back and speak of. Hey, remember that time when the church changed? Remember that time when we tried yeah. stuff? Remember the time we couldn't afford to not innovate? Um, and so uh, let's uh, let's be here at the table with a, a Corona a few years from now, looking back That's and right. see what God did. That's right. And and you've got a podcast also, right? Yeah, Right Side oh. Up Leadership Podcast. Okay. So anything around the health of leaders, we're we're talking about there. And that's um, an e- that's an easy dive. iTunes and Spotify platforms, all, all, the, places, all, all the platforms. All okay. The okay. Well, cool. Well, man, thanks for taking time to just sit down and talk, and we will uh, we'll we'll clink some Coronas. Maybe they heard that uh, over this discussion, but thanks for being with us, bro, and um, and blessings to you, and thanks for serving the church and leaders. Love it. Great to be with okay. you. All right, see you later. Hey, well, great conversation with Alan Briggs. Thanks, Alan, for uh, uh, sitting down with me while we could sit down, and uh, look forward to doing that again. Um, and we are so glad you joined us on the Forge American Missional Podcast this week. As always, we would love for you to go out and subscribe on iTunes. Uh, you can find us on Spotify as well. Um, and if you have a minute, go out there and give us a rating because it helps other people find us um, in the future. We'd love to uh, have you to continue to listen weekly. We've got some great guests coming up. And... Um, 
some more stuff to talk about. We're going to continue this journey through COVID and social distancing and kind of what that looks like um, to our missional thinking as well. So as always, um, I'm Roland Smith and Terry Ishii. Terry, we'll see you later, man. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. Alan Bradford. Keep it cool in Tennessee, man. Yes. All right. And we will see you. No, we won't. This is Zoom. (laughs) Well, everyone's on Zoom. But we'll talk to you next week. All right. See ya. See ya.